everybody, and thanks for joining us for another week of the Rec Poker Podcast. If you don't know what Rec Poker is all about, we're a free community of uh, people that like to learn the game together, support each other, rail each other. So come learn, play, belong, find your rail. Uh, most of what we do is completely free. Go to rec.poker and sign up for a community account. All it takes is an email and a smile. Um, so I'm your host, Jim Reed, uh, Bluffstermini in the home game. And I'd like to thank our sponsors, Running Aces Hotel, Racetrack and Casino, and Website Amp. And if you want to learn more about me, you can go to rec.poker slash crew, because that's where we have information about all the members of the wrecking crew. Uh, or you could just listen to them and uh, find out from the horse's mouth themselves. Crew members, why don't you take a minute and introduce yourself to Rec Poker Nation? Well, I'm uh, Chris Jones. You can find me on 5B5 on Twitter or 5by5 on PokerStars. And I am John Somsky, and I am known as Poker Geek MN Everywhere. And luckily, I was grandfathered in before the smile requirement was added for Rec Poker. <laughs> I'm Rob Washam, and I'm uh, Rabman50 just about everywhere. And uh, I tend to try to smile no matter what. So <laughs> sorry, John. It's true. We are a pretty smile friendly group over here, uh, over here at Rec Poker. Um, so uh, every week we invite a new guest onto the show. Uh, I'm very excited to be talking to the one and only Chad McVean this week. So if you've listened to the show before, you know, Chad, if you're on Twitter, you know, Chad, if you're involved in the world of uh, poker, you probably know Chad McVean. Um, but you haven't gotten to know him like you're going to today. So I'm really excited to welcome Chad to the show. Chad, you're uh, here. I know you've appeared on the show before, but now you're our official guest. I can't wait to let uh, Rec Poker Nation know more about you. Thanks for coming. No problem. Glad to be here. <laughs> so you've been called many things in your life. Um, <laughs> the, <laughs> uh, the king of the king of poker Twitter um, is on the list, and I know poker podcasts specifically hold a place that's near and dear to your heart. Um, why don't we talk a little bit? I want to get to know you more personally, but first we just gotta talk about the elephant in the room. How did you ascend to such greatness in the world of poker podcasts and poker podcast Twitter? What what drew you to it, and what do you credit your crown? Well. There's one day I was cutting the lawn and I'm like, I need something to listen to. What are these podcasts people talk about? Downloaded a podcast. I believe the first one I listened to was a poker news um, with Remco and Donnie and Rich Ryan. And I was like, oh, you mean I could listen and learn about poker while I'm cutting the lawn? Ooh. Yep. So and it just went from there and I just found more and more and more, you know, we did some out that I really didn't get much from or didn't like, and it grew from there. And then the one thing they're always saying is, you know, share rate, whatever, because they need to get more people listening because nobody makes money doing a poker podcast. Right. So. <laughs> and confirm. <laughs> Most people are either have coaching, selling a product or have advertisements on it. So how do they make money to be able to keep doing it is to have more lessons and more, more shares. So I just started sharing the ones I liked. And then it went from doing it, you know, every couple of days to every day to 
you know, being organized and having a list every day of what this one I'm listening today and then firing those out. And by doing that, I was getting more and more um, response from actual the podcasts and the people in it and the poker community who I just send things out and it gets shared like a, a ton of times. And that's where, you know, I, that's how I got involved with Rec Poker is I started listening. I saw some ones that was, I believe the first ones for Rec Poker I listened to were the initial uh, book study you guys did with uh, Jonathan Little. And I saw, right. oh, that looks interesting. So I started listening to that. I'm like, oh, that's great. And then I went back through the catalog and because it was more more just interviews one-on-one with some players. So players that I knew, listened to those. Oh, those are great. And then I saw some players I didn't know, listen to those. Great. And, you know, just sharing it. And Steve contacts me. And then next thing you know, I'm, I think I appeared on one with um, Gareth James. Uh, a couple years ago and go from there. And I don't have it on me right now, but I do have uh, plenty of rec poker gear um, <laughs> that I rep wherever I can. Yeah. I've seen you in that, uh, in the red hat. I think that's, yes. that's a show with the, with the white kernels there. that's a, that's a good looking one for Canadians like you and me. Yeah. Spoiler alert. Uh, Chad lives about two hours West of me. Um, we're we're uh, the Canadian component on this episode of the podcast, although we have not met in real life, no. uh, like like many of the many of the folks here on the uh, on the panel um, yet, because we've got yes. a beer. We've got a beer in our future chat one of these days soon. Yes. Yep. Excellent. There you go. Good man. And so I, I love this story of yours, because like so many of the people that we've had here on the show, you know, you found something about poker that you loved and mm-hmm. you just started doing it. And you just did it really well and you built a place for yourself in the poker world. And so, and, 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 and so how many podcasts would you say, how many different podcasts would you say you listen to in the course of like a a week? And we don't have, I I, maybe just poker podcasts because I know you also listen to some sports podcasts and some other good stuff out there too. In a, okay. So in a typical week, poker podcasts, it's probably about 50. Oh my God. Yeah. Um, (laughs) you get some great reactions from the panel if people are listening to this you should go and check out our YouTube channel so you can see some reactions (laughs) certain shows have multiple episodes in a week like uh, Brad Wilson's Chasing Poker Greatness puts out three or four episodes in a week Mm -hmm. Um, one guy that I'm friends with, uh, DJF he's got his Sessions podcast actually this is his shirt Um, and he's out four days a week Um, so individual episodes probably about 50 episodes a week um mm-hmm. but i think the last time i checked there was about 63 pod poker podcasts that i listen to on a regular basis mm-hmm. that are a- that are currently active um like mm-hmm. there's a whole bunch that just pop in once a month or once whenever um but that's that's pretty much my list right now and present company accepted of course um what are your top three poker podcast so and i know some people might want something to do with strategy and some people might want something to do with like the poker life but if, if someone if someone walked up to you on the street and said hey chad i'm a recreational poker player i'd like to start listening to podcasts what are the three that you'd recommend to them right off the top okay well i was just talking about djf so i'd listen to sessions if you want to know what it is like to have poker as your regular grind um he was a high stakes player he hit rock bottom and he's working his way back up and he puts out four episodes a week. Um, two are behind a paywall, two are free. And um, that, that really shows his life and lifestyle. Um, 
Chasing Poker Greatness with uh, Brad Wilson. Again, he's got ones where he has uh, Tactical Tuesday. He has an episode with one of his students and they go over hands, either the hands they've played or hands they've seen on Poker Go and take a, a solver approach and a coaching approach to it. Um, he also does very in-depth interviews. The last one I listened to, he just did, an, uh, I think it was an hour and a half interview with uh, David Tuckman um, and going over his poker commentating career and, and that um great episode and brad does a great job great content that comes out multiple times a week as far as a third one um it doesn't come out as regularly but when it is it is always great the chip race Mm. with dara and uh david lappin um now they've both been busy in vegas i believe they both left today um so i'm sure they will have plenty of new content to put out um going forward but there are so many others like I've been, talked to Eric Dennis at the GPI for the Global Poker Awards and I said, you can't have just one podcast award mm. because how can you compare, you know, Weekly Poker Hand by Jonathan Little with Poker News or like there has to be multiple awards. And he keeps saying, yeah, we're working on it, we're working on it, but <laughs> we'll, <laughs> we'll see. There's so many different types. You can't really just have a, you know, one fits all, but um like just off the top of my head, like thinking, thinking poker with uh, Andrew Brooks is a fantastic one, but where does that fit in like compared to others? And there are just so many, I'm afraid to list any more because then <laughs> others will feel that. I've yes. Yes. <laughs> Good answer. And I know Chad, you, you actually have a professional relationship with uh, some of these organizations. So, um, so Chad's actually the social media director um, for rec poker and Chad that uh, really has taken us to the next level when it comes to getting um, getting the word out helping us like formulate the messaging that we want to put out there and obviously you're a prolific uh, social media user yourself and I know you work with um, uh, card player lifestyle isn't that right with uh, Robbie Straczynski yeah with Robbie I do uh, do social media for his uh, poker life media um, Twitter handle and the card player lifestyle uh, Facebook page um, nice as well as some other stuff but and then i've got a couple other ones that i kind of do behind the scenes stuff for and i do quality control on another one who sends me the episodes ahead of time and i go over you know where there's little blips or sound cues or or errors that i that i, I try to fix for them <laughs> that's amazing that's amazing and I, I i you always remind me of um uh this interview we had with uh, kevin mathers earlier this year uh where again just same kind of thing he just had this this part of of poker that he really enjoyed, that he really had a, a passion for, that he had some skill with, and he's just turned it into a real a job. And and not only that, but you know, sort of some credibility and some validation in the poker world. I know when you do go down to Vegas, whether we get a chance to cross paths or not, you're like a celebrity down there. Um, if you, everyone recognizes you, everybody wants to come and shake your hand and buy you a beer. And, uh, I mean, just kudos to you, man, for, for building all that together. And then, you know, you're a, you're a talented guy. You're also just one of the nicest people that I've encountered in this, in this arena. And, um, so it looks good on you, bud. Thank you. I just wish when I'm in Vegas that I had more chance to play poker. (laughs) (laughs) And the the problem is being where I live, there is no poker here. Right. I I have two casinos within a 10 minute drive. Poker's closed. Yep. Santa Casino across the river, which is again in in the states, but it's twenty minutes away. Poker room's closed. Like there is no live poker anywhere around me. Mm-hmm. So I'd have to drive to Montreal, 
or I'd have to fly to somewhere in the States to be able to play live poker because I prefer live over online. I treat online more as a lesson, Mm -hmm. try things out. Um, But I can never find myself taking it serious enough unless, you know, there's something like a competition, like, you know, mixed game player of the year for rec (laughs) poker or something. I gotta, gotta try that. Um, But I prefer live. I want to see my opponent. And for whatever reason, I, I, seem to have a good ability to read people when I'm playing against something. Nice. Well, yeah, Southern Ontario, I, I live in Southern Ontario as well. I'm on the other side of Toronto from Chad. There is kind of a dearth of live poker available right here. Um, but Chad, if you do ever, ever end up driving east to Montreal, you got to drive right past me on the highway. So I hope uh, we can do a little carpooling, share some gas, something like that. Go cause, <laughs> go cause a ruckus over at the playground. Sure. I've never been there. Oh, okay. Well, then we're, it, it is, a, it is a good spot. Uh, if you're if you're in if you're in the eastern seaboard, if you're in Ontario or Quebec in Canada, you really should go over and check out uh, the playground uh, poker club in just outside of Montreal. Yeah. Fan, fantastic spot. Uh, Chris, did you have something you wanted to jump in? Yeah, on? well, I, I have two questions. First one's a short one, but I'm just wondering um, at what speed do you watch all or listen to all these podcasts? Uh, two times? <laughs> two, two times, times speed. Okay. <laughs> that's pretty, I mean, I that's that's still, uh, I thought it might even be higher than that given the. the. Uh, I, I probably yeah. could. I probably could. I just, I've never tried. I got yeah. it to two times and I just left it at that. And that way yeah. I know I look at an hour pep episode, it's going to take me half an hour. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, and so the second question I I had is you're you're such a a fan of um of mixed games. Mm-hmm. I, I'm wondering is is there good uh a lot of poker content really focuses on sort of the the, the big daddy of no limit hold'em, and I'm wondering is there any uh really good uh podcast content around mixed games? No, no, really, no. no. Just just huh? You'll have like the odd episode of a show here or there, they'll talk about a certain game, but that is a big hole that someone should fill. Um, yeah. You if you look over audience? my, look, look, I would look, if you look that, right I'd... here, there's yes. a book by Dylan Lindy. Yeah. Mastering mixed games. Maybe he should do a podcast. Hey. Yeah. No, I mean, I would, I would, I would definitely listen to that because it's, it's a world that I kind of want to learn a lot more about, but I'm just, so bad at all of the games. Like, I, don't, <laughs> well, I don't even know where to start. <laughs> the, the, the fun part was like this last time in Vegas, when, when Robbie had his mixed game festival at, uh, at Westgate, like I just put three straight days. Like I did 45 hours of mixed games, mm. games. I had never played games. People were just calling that no one knew anything about. They were just like, Oh, we're going to do this. Like there was one, it was triple seven. It's, it's a draw game where it, there's a, th- it's split three ways. High hand, high hand. The qualifier is trip sevens are better. The low hand, seven or or are better. So seven is qualifier or or seven badugi. And I can tell you, out of all the times we played it, I think there was one time that it was a three way split. It right. generally was one, if maybe two ways. But like the people are just making games, and it was awesome. We played another game. Omaha Jack, which was a half Omaha, half blackjack. <laughs> so how does that come on? Tell us how, how does that get played? How, how does that break down? It's five card Omaha. So they go and you have to make your best Omaha hand and your remaining three cards uh, are your blackjack hand. I see. Cool. 
So a river can really change right. what your hand's going to ends up being. Hmm. And so you, do you split the pot between who wins split the pot the between Omaha hand and who wins the blackjack? Correct. Ah. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. Oh, it was, it was awesome. Like, there were so many fun games and like, it was a room. Um, we had three tables going and like everyone was having a good time. And that's the difference between mixed games and moment Hold'em yeah. is there's no earphones in hoodie head down. It's everyone's talking. Oh, let's talk about this game. Oh, what the, how did you play that? Like, and everyone was learning the one night when we were playing, Greg Raymer was sitting across from me and someone tries to explain a game and Greg's like, um, maybe I could explain it, but, <laughs> and then it was really, Greg was teaching us all these games That's and, and it was awesome. And everyone had a great time. Everyone was smiling, having fun. Yeah. There was money won and lost but it's a more fun environment in mixed games than it is in Nolan at Hold'em. And, and I'm a, I'm a Nolan at Hold'em guy myself, just like Chris, I haven't really gotten into mixed games enough. Um, but everything I've heard is, it, uh, confirms that that is the case that you just have more fun at the table playing mixed games. And that, that that's reeling me in, man. Like that's my brand of poker right there. Like I love laughing around and chuckling it up with, uh, yeah with a bunch of people having fun. If you can win some money while you're at it, all the better. But uh, um, you make you make a compelling you make a compelling case, Chad. I'm not gonna it also you. makes a difference. I mean, mixed games have no solvers. Right. <clears throat> so you, you start to learn a few basic rules. And obviously there are similarities, you know, when you have a split plat game or a low ball game or whatever, you're you're be able to share some of the concepts you learn. But part of the key is Nobody is an expert at all of the games. So that allows everyone to delude themselves into thinking they have a better <laughs> shot than they do. So, John, are you saying that um, beginners are kind of giving up less of a skill edge in mixed games because they just haven't been perfected by the people that are playing them at the top, at the highest possible levels? Well, part of it, is, so a lot of the mixed games are limit games and limit has more variance in it just by design. So uh, any given night, the a the qual or the caliber of player you are does not necessarily mean you are going to win or lose that much because there there's much more variance in limit. Hmm. So I think that's one of the good things about it is that it allows it makes it harder to really understand how good or bad you are, which allows people to play and enjoy it because they think, Hey, maybe I do have a shot in this. I know I haven't figured out. I don't have a shot yet. <laughs> and and with, like with most mixed game being limit, you're not going to lose your whole stack in one hand. Mm -hmm. Like you can play it one hand badly and you still have plenty. Like, and that's where the whole learning it's easier for new players to get in because you make a mistake and, and hold them and you could, there's, there's your buy-in Yeah. And mix. You make one mistake in a mixed game. Oh, well, you learn your lesson and you keep playing. That's a great point. And um, I see we've got some premium members in the chat here uh, while we're recording this. So Kim, Stu, Dave, Martha, if uh, any of you have any questions for chat or you want to uh, type any action uh, in the chat, just go ahead there. It was um, actually sitting beside me at one of those mixed games. Oh, really? Oh, fun. Yeah. Um, I know. Uh, yeah, we overlap down there a little bit. And Kim and I actually play in a uh, 
in a little league up here trying to award a main event seat to one of us for next year. So uh, we'll, maybe we'll all be rub- rubbing elbows uh, nice. one of these days soon. Wouldn't that be nice? So we, uh, Chris mentioned um, going, uh, you know, listening to them at, at twice the speed. Uh, I, I get up to about one and a half uh, for my podcast. And then there's a little bit of a comprehension drop off for me after that. Um, even, even at two, even at twice the speed. So Chad, you know, all of us here are recreational poker players. You have an actual job, like most of us, that and a family. Um, how? Where do you find the time to actually absorb this information? Um, are you multitasking at work? You don't have to. We'll just bleep it out if you're saying, "Yeah, I always just listen to it all through all my very important work meetings." That's okay. We'll just bleep that out. It's just between friends. Um, but yeah, where do you get the? Uh, where do you get the time? How do you do it? Uh, well, it helps that uh, my job is at a computer. Um, I'm an accountant and it's basically all solo work. So I can listen all day. Um, yeah. An important work, work call or work meeting. I hit pause. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah nice. Cause I know for a lot of people, it was like a commute kind of thing. And I know I had to listen. I, I, I had to uh, demote some podcasts that I listened to regularly during the pandemic because I didn't have that commute anymore. And I didn't, I found that I was having trouble finding those hours in the week, uh, to take it in, but that's great. So, and then does, uh, does your wife work from home as well right now? Is it, is no. it annoying for her to have all that going on in the background all the time? Cause she, and how, how does she, how does she feel about, uh, poker podcasts? She doesn't listen to them. <laughs> um, no, she's, uh, she works out of the home. Uh, but, uh, uh, she's uh, at a chiropractor's office, so ah. she's there every day. Um, but for myself, I'm home three days a week and in the office two days a week currently. Mm. Um, but uh, no, uh, and I always have them in my ears anyway, so she doesn't hear them. There you go. <laughs> if she when she is home. Um, but yeah, no, um, and she plays um, a lot of spin goes on Poker Stars, just the the small ones, and enjoys mm-hmm. that. But and has played a little bit of live um, one trip to Vegas. I had her out there and we, she was playing a, a two to six spread limit uh, Hold'em and quite enjoyed that because, nice. of, you know, again, no one can go all in. Right. Yeah, that's great. But, yeah. Uh, Chris. Oh, I was, I was uh, going to ask about, um, sort, you know, you, you talked about your, beginnings of your in, in discovering sort of poker podcasts uh but take us back a little further where does your interest in poker start and how does how does what is that story behind you know how, how you got interested in even trying to find a poker podcast in the first place um well poker started probably back in 2004 um i was on a recreational baseball team and a couple of the guys had a home game that they played and they ran and i'm like sure try it hopped in it was friday night and you know what happens to the newcomer he wins the first week right (laughs) that's how we get the hook in you (laughs) and 2004 also i'm not sure if it affected you guys in the states as much as did us in canada there was a little thing called an nhl lockout Mm -hmm. so every sports network was looking for things to put on tv and what did they put on poker so um you know, which watching Greg Raymer win the 2004 main event was my, you know, 
moneymaker thing. Um, not moneymaker, but watching Raymer because, and then watching that. And then the next year, I think he, he went deep again and that's what kind of got me into it. But then I got into a weekly Friday night poker game with some friends um, and uh, started playing from there. And then I think my first, my first trip, trip to Vegas was in 2007 and played a little bit of poker there in some of the smaller rooms um, and did well. And 2009 was my first um, World Series that I went to. And uh, that was the first time they did a $1,000 buy-in event. So I played that, and I went really, really well until I flopped quads and lost. <laughs> um, yeah. Ooh, that's a, that's a jackpot in some, some next, next of the wood. Yeah. So there was a, I think there was like 6,000 players. We were down to 1800 and I was 125th mm. and the guy across the table for me was a hundredth in chips and, um, Huh. Was yeah. it quad over quads or did it, you lose your straight flush or yeah, okay. no, I, I, I was the big blind him and I had basically been avoiding each other the entire time because we were the big sacks and there's no need. And he, for the first time raised big when it, I was the big blind. So it comes, it folds around to me. I look down at pocket fours and like call and the flop comes four ten four. So I check he bets. I re-raise, he re-raises, I re-raise, he jams, I call, he turns over pocket tens. Ten on the turn. Done. Oh boy. Yeah, that's that's sick. Yeah, I I, I can I can mm, I'm having a physiological response to that story right now. <laughs> so did you see that happen in the main event this year? That the quad over quads run? Yeah. That was a that was a pretty similar situation. Yeah. Yeah, so that was my first World Series experience in 2009. Oh, delightful. But and somehow you kept coming back. <laughs> well, I kept coming back, but I didn't play another World Series event again until I think it was 2016. I played mm. two events. Mm-hmm. Um didn't do well in either. And then this year I played an event. I played in the reunion and oh, yeah. and I cashed that. So nice. Um, so four events, one cash. Yep. In my lifetime. Yep. That's actually a pretty good batting uh, average compared to uh, most of the people that I've spoken to. Now, uh, free free tip: you got to look for those asterisk tournaments. That's the that's the real that's the clutch way to go down there and cash. Find one of those uh, flip and goes or <laughs> one of these other weird weird. I don't, I'm not actually. I don't think that one quite qualifies as a as a mixed game. It's just no. a uh, it's just more of a gimmick. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, you always got to, you got to bum hunt the asterisk tournaments, um, get that, get that cash rate up. Well, that's cool. Um, and, and so where, where do you play? I know when, when, before the world got turned upside down, you had two, two, uh, great casinos nearby and one right across the border. Yeah. Um, since then, have you played much live poker at all? Where have you gone to do it? No. When, um, my first hand of the reunion was the first hand of live poker I played since March of 2020. Mm. Mm -hmm. And, uh, there was a, um, a, we've got a local WBT, um, league. It's not WPT, but it's like their, their feeder learning thing that, that was running. So I played with that. Yeah, it was every week. Um, hmm. And they're just starting that up now again um, this week. So that'll be going again where they, um, 
what they do is they have um, different regions. They play events throughout the year, do series, and then the top people for that series play a tournament, and that gets them into this big event that's run in Vegas um, normally in July um, after the World Series is done. Um, for what would be the equivalent of like a WPT 500. So you're playing for free at a bar. And, nice. But it's for me, it's, you know, fun. Um, a lot of the guys there are really amateurs. So it's, I, the first year I played it. Yeah. As Kim said in the chat. Yeah. That's, that's when I started. And then first year I played it, my goal was I'm going to win. I'm going to finish first. And in a 12 week series after week seven, I had clinched first already. Hey, there you go. Nice. So then the next year I was like, okay, I'm going to now use it as practice. I'm going to, this week I'm going to try, you know, work on my three betting and right. work on four bet and different things. And, and that's what I do. It's fun. And it gets out of the house. It's poker. And again, it's, it's free. So you're not paying anything other than your time, but I would gladly use my time playing poker. <laughs> yeah, you got that right. And I know you play in the, uh, in the rec poker home games. You're um, near the top of the leaderboard in our monthly mixed game uh, series. Um, do, do you play online? You said earlier you kind of play online to practice a little bit, but it's not really what you enjoy yeah. uh, as much about live poker. Uh, do you? What are the kind of games do you play online? Um, I play a little bit. Uh, I've played a little bit on Unibet and on Poker Stars, and basically, if I have like a Saturday or Sunday where I can commit a, a section of hours, then I'll try to play in a tournament. Otherwise, I'll just play cash. Um, and that's generally what I've always done over the years and I've done better in is playing cash than tournaments, mm-hmm. but I'm trying to get my tournament game better. And quite, quite honestly, when I was playing the reunion, other than after 14 hours being exhausted, um, I was really confident in how I had played and the people that you'd seen come in and out, um, like at one point, Matt Berkey was at my table. And like when I saw him coming over to sit in the empty seat, I'm like, oh no. <laughs> <laughs> and then after three hands, when I doubled him up because he had bought in short, I'm like, oh no. <laughs> but then he was gone and right. I was still playing. Um, yep. But yeah, no, and then at the end of the night, it was just, I ran out of, I stopped getting hands, stopped getting, you know, and, you know, my kings get lose to ace nine and, you know, my sevens lose to sixes and, and it was just, that was it. But I really, that was the first time I've really felt confident um, in my tournament, live tournament game. And I just can't wait to get back and nice. play another one. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, yeah, you got, you're one of many people that's got that bug. And I think now that live poker is getting back. Um, and I, I actually, I, I really appreciated how much more fun I was having when I was down in Vegas playing live. Uh, not that I didn't enjoy it before, but I think having it removed from our lives uh, for a little <laughs> while makes us appreciate it even more. And so I, I also I, I also love playing cash. I think I know rec poker as a as a general rule has as more of a tournament uh, bent to a lot of its memberships. But um, what is it about cash and tournaments that sort of makes them different, or what is it about cash that you've been, you've preferred it? Uh, up until recently, what, what philosophically, what's different about them? I think cash has a more relaxed feel to it. Um, mm-hmm. You know, blinds don't go up. You don't, you're not in a rush. People don't seem to take forever to make decisions in cash games. It's, oh, I'm just folding. Like there, there is no tank for 30 seconds to a minute mm-hmm. to fold six deuce mm-hmm. um, like that we've seen on, on 
some of the World Series events, but it's it's more relaxed. You can pick and choose. And when I was playing, um, the other thing is you can pick what table you're playing against. Playing right. on. so you can pick who you're playing against in a live cash setting. You know, assuming there's more than one table. Um, and what I would generally do in the past in Vegas is I'd go to certain casinos that had a good late night crowd um, because people would sit down after having a few cocktails and makes for a great game. You just make sure they're smiling and they'll keep giving you chips. Yep. Um, and the other thing about cash is when it starts going bad, you can just get up and leave, mm-hmm. take your money and go. Mm-hmm. You can't do that in a tournament. They frown upon it. Yeah. Well, <laughs> but the thing is cash you can only win so much tournament has yeah. that lottery ticket feel to it where you can make that big score um like as example playing reunion i played 14 hours tournament poker and netted a 600 dollars profit <laughs> the next night i sat down at westgate for a one-two cash game with 200 dollars. i left at six in the morning with three grand mm-hmm. so like there's mm-hmm. there, there's the difference less time more money but but you you, you give up on that big multiplier score yeah. that like yeah. 1000 times your buy in um yeah that 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 your story checks out sir that's uh that, that makes sense to me um and so everyone out there you got to just think about like what is it that you're trying to get out of it um you know do you have a, a lifestyle where you can just kind of like sit down play for a while and then stand up and go um, you know, maybe cash is better for you. Uh, I know that's one thing, especially in larger field tournaments, you really do have to commit, even if it's just online, you have to commit to being there mm-hmm. uh, for the entire time. And so there is more, it is a bit more of a grind. I think, I think two people are kind of a little more stressed about it. Uh, we get a comment in the chat here from Kim saying, play cash and take your shot in tournaments every so often. Yeah, I, that, that's good advice. I've heard that too sort of build your bankroll in cash and then go blow it all chasing huge wins in the tournament series. That's uh... <laughs> yeah. One, one common phrase I, I hear from poker players in Vegas is, you know, Monday to Friday, you're grinding the cash games mm-hmm. Saturday and Sunday, you play the tournaments. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think that's, I think that's wise. I think that's wise. And you know, so much of poker that it's not a sexy part of poker, but a big part of people's edge is game selection and table selection and choosing you know what stake what room what structure you're going to play in finding one that's good for you and um and even within tournaments of course there's a whole bunch of variety uh you know from like satellites to progressive knockout bounties and stuff like that so there's a lot of different playing styles and lifestyles lifestyle uh needs that you can find different kinds of poker to play um and then, when, and then when it comes to mixed games itself, uh, Chad, I know they're not always as easy to find as the as the no limit Oldham games. So, it's, <laughs> so <laughs> w- w- when you when you walk, how do you find good mixed games to play? Then I, I, I know like it's difficult right now, of course. But are they there just to, are there certain Vegas casinos the that Series. have? The, yeah, <laughs> okay, okay, yeah, that's about it. Huh? <laughs> um, if, if you're in Vegas, you go to the Orleans. They always have something going on. But uh, mm-hmm. during the World Series, you will find mixed games spread more. Um, but for these casinos around here, you might find Omaha. That's about it. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Seneca used to run stud, but they haven't done that in forever. Um, but you know, around here, there's nothing. Um, I've been down to Atlantic city and they have, they have a couple stud games going as well, but it's really 
Hold'em and Omaha, and that's it. So uh, when you've got big series, when you've got, you know, everyone going to Vegas in the summer, uh, that's when you will find mixed games running um, because you have the poker community there. And so the smaller percentage of that poker community that likes the mixed games, the games will be offered. Yep. Yep. That makes sense. Um, and then I guess there's the, the last, uh, the last realm of poker that we could talk about here would be like underground games. Uh, do you have any experience with that uh, here in, in, in Canada, or do you have a chance to play some more mixed games when there's kind of like a, you're kind of building it around a particular clientele a different way? Um, when I lived, I lived in Toronto for a while, uh, a few years back. And then Sorry there was, that. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Chad and I just, Chad and I just moved away from Toronto in different directions. Yeah. We're, we're close enough to visit whenever we want, but we don't <laughs> live in the city anymore. But there was an underground game that I played in there um, until you, that was a game that you didn't want to be the last one to cash out because there wouldn't be any cash. <laughs> so it was a game where come in, play, get there early. And then as soon as we got to, as soon as you see the first couple of people leave, cash out and go mm. because the guys running it were skimming off the top. And then whoever was last to leave, oh, we owe you. Right. Never get paid. And right. then those guys eventually just, one time a bunch of us showed up for the game and the condo was empty hmm. so we don't know where he went um but all his stuff was gone <laughs> the poker tables and everything and so. so from what i and kind of what from what i understand toronto has a pretty kind of legendary uh underground poker scene because it's it's there's no place you can actually play yeah. that's sort of sanctioned right but it's it's also a very big poker town is what i've gathered mm-hmm. um through stories. So there's like a lot of underground games going on there, aren't there? Yeah. And like back in the day, like you, you just go on um, like on Craigslist and, and they'd have all the games listed, you know, call this guy and he'll give it the address type of thing. And, but yeah, there was no casino in Toronto. There's no poker room. Like they would have poker running at uh, like the expedition, which yeah. is just like a summer festival for like a, a couple of weeks span. Um, but that was it. So you have to go somewhere else to play. Um, but yeah, like there was, there was plenty of meetup games or underground games, but you didn't know what you're walking into. Um, and like you even hear some from the pros, like uh, I think Negrano is famous for you know making it up through the underground games in Toronto before going to Vegas the first time and then going from there. Like there are games to play. It's just you don't know the the safety, you don't know the legitimacy. Oh well. Quite frankly, they're all under the table, so they're all not legitimate. But <laughs> like I said, just don't be the last one to cash it. Mm. Yeah, and that's always the trade-off for these uh, these private games. You know, there's you can't sort of vouch for the redundant security measures that they would have in place in the same way that a brick and mortar casino would. Mm-hmm. And I know you know the rake might be an issue too from time to time because they're you know in some cases. You know, I won't speak for all the poker clubs in Toronto, but yeah, there's like varying degrees of legitimacy, let's say. There's a spectrum. And, um, you know, that is something that everyone's got to be factoring in when they go to play these games. And anytime you're thinking about carrying around wads of bills, you know, security is going to be something that's uh, that's relevant to you as well. John, did you have something to jump in with? Well, I was just going to say, I I had always heard in the underground games, which I've never played in any, uh, but that often the rake was just measured in handfuls. How many handfuls (laughs) of chips? 
did they take out of the pot? <laughs> One game I played in, in particular, the guy running the game played in the game and dealt the game. Ah, uh, mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. he's raking the pots right into his chip stack. Oh, <laughs> totally. That seems totally like verifiable and accountable. That seems like totally on the level. Like as he's there's nothing that can go wrong there. Oh my god! Yeah, and it's, it's funny. Like people don't understand. Like I know the the the, the regulated poker rooms and poker clubs and, and floors. They have a lot of rules that we look at now and we think like, well, that seems to be like. You know, there's no need for that level of rigor when it comes to some of these things. But that's only because it's been too long for us to remember all these angle shooters who are coming around ruining the games for people. A lot of those rules, even though they seem a little heavy handed, oh, hold the deck this way. You know, you can't flash, flash the bottom. You got to uh, the way that people uh, touch their own chips and their cards and things like that. Um, the rules are there because people are scummy yeah. <laughs> you know a lot, there's a lot of poker players that are going to come out there and try and steal from the game um or to introduce a level of uh uh unfair play or, or competitive disadvantage to the other players there and so when you're when you are playing in these uh, let's call them private games mm-hmm. um then you know you really are kind of trusting the host to you know how how ocd are they going to be about some of this stuff you know? <laughs> And yeah, generally, it's one of those situations where um, it's a calibration question, right? Has anyone has anyone here that's been playing in a game have they felt like unsafe or uh, felt like they were in a in a in a risky situation? Yeah, so we're picking our we're picking our battles. Well, then, Kim says in the chat, uh, cash games are way more sketchy than tournaments, and uh, I wonder if that's. So and you're like just poker clubs, I guess, Kim. You're just talking about uh, places where you can come and play cash without a tournament structure. Because I know a lot of these tournament games end up having a cash table off to the side for people as they bust out, and those can be pretty good cash games too, from what I understand. But um, uh, yeah. So all right, well, <laughs> Chad. Other than showing up to the game one week and uh, and finding that there was nothing there anymore. Um, what uh what was your what was your best uh private game experience and your worst private game experience and i'll give the members here in the crowd uh a chance to type in some more questions before we let you go tonight okay best experience um there's one private game and it was on a super bowl and the guy had a full spread set out and he had said throughout the the year that the rake he was taking was for events like this Um, you know, the food was great, drinks were free, and then we played up. He decided that the cash game we were going to play was going to have much higher stakes this time, <laughs> <laughs> which was a little scary to start with, but ended up being pretty good for me. So I nice. was fine with that. Nice. Um, worst one was, well, that game where the guy was dealing and, you know, raking and all that. Um, you just had to make sure you tried to. He wasn't a good player, but he was a very lucky player. Ah. So he would play anything, but it always seemed to hit. So you just tried to, some people would go after him and it didn't work out. You just tried to avoid him. And then the one night he was completely plastered, but it's his game and he's dealing. (laughs) 
And at one point he just threw the table over because he lost a big hand. Oh my and God. How do you know who has what? Right. For chips. And that, I think that was one of the last times that game ran before all of a sudden it disappeared. Yep. Yep. Someone who's still learning the lessons of delegation. Yeah. Um, <laughs> He also promised that a certain poker player was going to be coming to play and we should all buy into this guy's new system. And um, I don't know if I should mention that poker player's name, but he's not a pro anymore. He was known for bluffing Ivy on a big hand. Let's just put it that way. I think some of our listeners might know who you're talking about. Excellent. Yep. <laughs> and yeah, and that guy never showed up. But right. this the guy running the game showed us printed emails that he had gotten from this guy that he was going to come play in the game. Wow. There you go. If if we could guarantee a certain amount of amount of money at the game. I see. I see. Yes. Yes. <laughs> That's funny. Uh, John, I see you're unmuted. Did you have uh, something to jump in with there? Oh, no. I just forgot to mute after my last uh, comment there. But, uh, Kim, uh, Kim in the chat says that only walking from the parking lot to the venue uh, were uh, safety issues. And, yeah, again, that's something that, you know, that's also going to be the case uh, walking to and from the casino, of course, and things like that, just generally being savvy. Um, uh, yeah, and then I guess, uh, you know, people, if you're going to, if you're going to, if you are going to go and play in a private game, uh, get references, you know, don't, yeah. don't, don't just pick, find one on Kijiji and uh, decide to, to show up there. Um, see if you can find someone that's played in the game before, maybe someone that's going to go with you that first time and get you introduced and because you know people will um angle shoot in those circumstances and people will definitely you know the regulars are going to have some some sway with the with the person running the game if you get up to a position where there's like a gray area or something um you know security and i don't mean security like getting mugged i mean like game security and the uh, the uh, integrity of the game isn't going to be something that you can kind of take for granted in the same way uh, yeah, Kim says also that's more of an issue for women. Uh, so that, that's also very true. Yeah, great, great point, Kim. Yeah, and with with poker rooms like casinos being shut down and everything over the last year, and poker rooms not coming back, that's just made a bigger ability for these underground games to run. Yeah, um, and like we saw with with underground apps, like that, uh, there, there were so many poker apps that popped up where the rake was huge, and they generally weren't all above board. Um, right. That's where, mm -hmm. you know, yeah, you don't like paying the rake at a casino, but you get certain benefits of, you know, security and, you know, the law. So, yep, that helps. And, you know, the place isn't going to get busted while you're playing in it. Yeah. Um, so that's nice. And, um, yeah, so there are, there are and some. You could be the last guy going home and you might, you might even see some money, you know? Like, oh, that's a good one. <laughs> that's a nice benefit, too. <laughs> Generally, if you are the last guy going home at news. a casino, that means you have all the chips. Yeah, that means <laughs> that's, that's, a, that's a much better deal. <laughs> uh, I love it. All right. Well, Chad, this is great. I always enjoy our opportunities to chat with you and uh, learn something. I always learn something new about poker in Ontario or, or the world of poker podcasts. Uh, every time we talk, um, where can people reach you on Twitter? I know that's your main platform. Yeah. And are there other ways that you like uh, people to reach out? Um, yeah, let's just start with that. And then we'll uh, uh, wrap it up. Well, Twitter, it's uh, Wiener85. So it's V-E-A-N-E-R. And the number is 85. Um, Facebook, I believe I am the only Chad McVean on Facebook. Hmm. So that should be easy to find. And um, I'm sure I'm elsewhere, but who knows? 
<laughs> yeah, well, those are the only things that I look at. Wiener 85 is, uh, is where I know them. And uh, if anyone out there is listening, I think it's time to create a bunch of uh, fake Facebook accounts and other Chad McVeans now. Because yes. he's kind of put it out there that he's the only one. So let's let's uh, flood Facebook with some fake Chad McVean accounts. That would be a lot of fun to see how that works out. Um, and, uh, and I think we'll just keep and, – and, and I do want to encourage everybody. I'm serious about this. Follow Chad on Twitter because he he sends out so much information about and, – and, you know, there's a lot of ways to learn poker other than poker podcasts. But poker podcasts – there is a lot of good ones out there. There's ones that talk about the lifestyle of poker. There's ones that talk about poker strategy. There's ones that talk about um, the community uh, itself or, or ones like ours that are kind of based around our, our own community. Um, and there's just a lot. You, you, will, you will get better as a poker player if you follow Wiener85 on Twitter. So I encourage everyone to do that. Also, if you use Spotify, every morning I tweet out a playlist. Ah. of those episodes that for that day so you can just click on that and you've got the list there for the day of Amazing. the pod, pod, poker podcast and then you also share uh, a bunch of and just while we're before we let you go you also share a bunch of uh, sports podcasts and, and that kind of stuff as well and you've got these great uh playlists so and, and a lot of that information people can just go to your bio and find links yeah. to some of that stuff right yeah yeah so i'm a huge hockey fan um football and that so um any sports related stuff that I listen to, I, I also put into a, a playlist, you know, I listed it listed as my other playlist. So. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, it's impressive, man. And Chad also enjoys beer. So if anyone uh, wants to buy him a bottle or a can or a pack, yeah, th- that, that one looks good. What is it? The, cr- the what Reaper? The Creeper Reaper. It was the uh, Halloween special for Nickelbrook Brewery. There you go. Yes, uh, gotta sh- shout them out. Shout out uh, Nickelbrook, Burlington, and, Ontario, and you get it in that uh, in that Minnesota purple too. So you're really catering to the crowd here. And thanks to Minnesota for helping win a bet this weekend. I appreciate that. Oh, yeah, uh, I bet on Minnesota. I wasn't too sure, but <laughs> they pulled well. it out. Yep, it was a good it was a good weekend for anyone that wasn't rooting for the Steelers. All right, so uh, well, I just have th- one more thing. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> now that you're almost done. Uh, <laughs> Don't they actually – this is in relation to hockey and beer. Mm-hmm. If you don't like both of those things, don't they kick you out of Canada these it days? Yes, they That's do. Okay. They do. okay. So You're okay with one, mm-hmm. but if you don't like either, yep. they send you to Minnesota. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, all right well we're not going to find a better note than that so i'll uh see if our friend jonathan little has anything to say and then we'll come on back at the top of the show have you ever wondered whether you should call a preflop raise or three bet instead what do you do when you have a flush draw do you raise it or do you just call what do you do with ace king when you miss the flop are you tired of guessing about what the right play is with your particular hand well my name is jonathan little and i am a two-time World Poker Tour champion and creator of PokerCoaching.com, where we offer over a thousand interactive hand quizzes where you play a hand and then get real-time feedback from our world-class pros. Don't guess and don't stress. Just register for your free account at PokerCoaching.com slash RecPoker right now. I would do it, folks. Head over to uh, PokerCoaching.com slash RecPoker and uh, check out that money-back guarantee from the one and only Jonathan Little. 
I don't think we mentioned how cool it is that Jonathan Little sponsors this podcast. Hats off to Steve Fredland for creating this just wonderful network of generous, uh, kind poker professionals that we really rely on here at Rec Poker, whether it's Jonathan Little's support on the podcast, uh, people like Daro Carney contributing to our monthly uh, membership seminar. Um, there's just so many people that help us out here in every way. Ryan LaPlante and Matt Berkey for putting Learning with Partners material out for us, James Splitsuit Sweeney. And I mean, I, I, like <laughs> like Chad, I should stop mentioning names because I'll, st- I'll come up with a few that I should have, but um, it's it, it takes a village. Um, and it's one of the things that I, I like most about Rec Poker is this place where we can come and share our ideas with some of the brightest lights in poker today. So, all right, gang. Well, we've got the interview out of the way. We got the uh, Jonathan Little message through. We're in the community happenings portion of the podcast. And when this uh, comes out, it'll be Tuesday the 29th. So it will, no, it'll be Tuesday the 30th because that's how dates work. Um, and it will be, <laughs> there will be one month left in the year 2021. So that means there's going to be one more first Wednesday of the month to sign up for our monthly No Limit Hold'em series. There's going to be one more second Wednesday of the month to sign up for our mixed game series. There's going to be one more third Saturday of December to sign. I think it's the third one, John. Is that right? The 18th? Correct. Uh, to sign up for our heads up match. And those are just the home games. And we're also going to have a seminar, the book study, um, our focus sessions, our study groups on Saturday. We've also got all sorts of cool stuff happening. Um, Taylor Moss is doing the, sun, the Thursday night stream. Um, we've got some great new members of the Wrecking Crew putting their own programs together. Eric Peel, every every <laughs> Eric Jin runs the Peel every Thursday night. Um, Tim Fritz, Miss Click Donkey, is doing a Sunday morning warm up. Uh, I know uh, Kim Petvet Kilroy every other Tuesday has either a strategy discussion or a community conversation about empowerment in the world of poker. There's just a lot of fun stuff going on over here. As soon as we hang up this call, we're going to go record a couple episodes of the forums edition of the podcast and premium members are welcome to come and join any of that. So um, don't be a stranger here at Rec Poker. And just like Chad, if you create a space for yourself in the poker world, the poker world will be accommodating and Lord knows we need a lot of help. So uh, by all means, get involved, get involved, write me an email, Jim at rec.poker and say, Hey Jim, this is something I'd like to do more of. I, I'm pretty sure we're going to find a way to help you do it. Uh, John? Yeah, the, there are, are, you covered almost all of the upcoming events except for two important ones, which are the TOC. So there's, of course, going to be one more Tournament of Champions for our daily series. And we will have the Tournament of Champions for the No Limit Hold'em Championship Series. So if you won a tournament on the first Wednesday of the month, anytime this year, you have earned a right to be in that series. In addition, we will uh, use the points to fill out the table till we have 18 players. So if you're in the top of the points or you've won a tournament, you'll be playing, you'll be eligible to play in the Tournament of Champions on December 15th for the No Limit Hold'em Championship Series. And with that, we skipped, we missed a thing next last week so we have two weeks to go through so we'll get going here the mixed game championship series of limit deuce to seven triple draw glass jaw david shun on his very first mixed game series 
On the Daily Series Tournament of Champions, Type Login, Joseph Foss won that, and in a very impressive manner. Sweet. We're uh, going to be reviewing his uh, play in the online review and hang later this week, where we all get together. And, and, that, and that's not just for premium members. If you make the final table of the Tournament of Champions, uh, you're invited to come and review your play in the final table. We go hand by hand, street by street, talking about everyone's action. We all get better together. It's it's a lot of fun. So you can join us for that one too. Then uh, Salty, seventeen fourteen, Mitzi Stanley won her first nightly series event. Kick Geek sixty five, Jacob Kiki Uh-oh. won his twelfth nightly series event, and I. I think that's probably number 19. I think it's 19. Yeah, I think you're right. Um, for the year. And his, he's the one who called his shot and said he was going to win 20 rec poker tournaments this year. Unbelievable. And he's still got another month to he's finish that month. off. He's on pace. Yep. Uh, Captain Walleye, Rob Ansom, got yeah. his nightly series victory for the year. GF Hawk, oh. Eric Romo, also got his fifth. Dan W. Dan Wick got his second nightly victory. Look at all these crushers. Eric, Dan, way to go, guys. This is fantastic. Hunter Hawes, or Hunter H1017, Hunter Hawes, got his second <laughs> daily mixed victory for the year. Kelly S1962.20, <laughs> Kelly Stork, got her third international series victory. M. Babker, Michael Babker, got his third international victory. Poker Cat 36, Naomi Pazol won the daily LPP tournament. And you can contact Jim at rec.poker for your free month at Learn Pro Poker. Yeah, how cool is that? So anyone who wins our free tournament on Sunday gets a free month at Learn Pro Poker. And actually, uh, Naomi already reached out to me. Uh, so she, she's obviously a listener. She knows the drill. And I have sent her the her free month at LPP. So look out. PokerCat36 is going to be going on a tear soon, folks. Uh, she's going to have some great new information from Learn Pro Poker that she can use to win even more of these rec poker home games. Oh, boy. And now that you thought we were done, we're on to the second week. So Fancy Nancy 1130, Nancy Peschel got her second nightly victory for the year. Bruce K45, Bruce got his first nightly victory for the year. Keck Geek, this is Keck Geek Senior, Mark Mm -hmm. Geek got his fifth nightly victory for the year. John Lancer, John Bensky got his second for the year. Soros Gaucho, Julio (laughs) Soros got his first nightly victory for the year and then ted philip fuhrer got his seventh nightly victory for the year denny 69 66 dennis andrews got his first daily mix victory for the year roz q roz quarto got her first international victory for the year and jasper jr patrick berry got his fifth now that nice. should also be noticed that Roz came in second, so she won her first one at nine a.m. <sighs> and then came in second place at the two p.m. tournament. Wow! Wow! And now Uncle Tom's Cabin Jeff S got hey. his fourth LPP victory. That means Holy he cow. has won four months worth of training at Learn Pro Poker. All he mm-hmm. needs to do is just send a message to Jim at Rec.Poker, and he will get his fourth free month at Learn Pro Poker. Wow. I think Jeff, uh, is it Jeff that uh, you said was on a roll there at the end? That's is the fourth one he's won? Yep. 
Yeah. I think Jeff's going to have to start. I, I run this monthly Learn Pro Poker study group um, on, on, I think it's the fourth Saturday of the month at one o'clock Eastern. We're going to have to get Jeff to start leading that. He's going to be very familiar with the Learn Pro Poker material by the time he's through all that. Way to go, Jeff. That's phenomenal. Um, and I and Jeff, I don't think I have emailed you th- four times. So please do send me that email, jim at rec.poker, and let's get you on the Learn Pro Poker learning train, man. You will love what Ryan LaPlante and the crew has going over there. Uh, all right. Well, that's that's pretty phenomenal. Nice work, John. It's uh, And it's great. You know, we see some of these names coming up here again and again. I want to reinforce to people that, you know, every night we get between 60 and 80 players playing in this home game. So it's not like there's just the same 18 people playing every time. And that's why you see some of these names. Um, some of these people are just excellent poker players. And uh, I think it's it's fair to say that there are we're running out of soft seats in the rec poker home game. Um, everyone's everyone's come a long way since they started, and I love the way that we all help each other learn in the chat while we're going and encourage each other. There's always people taking forum, uh, writing forum posts about the play uh, in the home game. It's a great way to come and play for free and experiment and try new things, and just know that no one's gonna you know berate you or. Uh, be mean or or ungenerous with their uh, comments because we're all trying to learn together. So that's that's what it takes. Um, so that's the that's the home game wrap. Uh, Rob, we're working our way through Michael Acevedo's modern poker theory, and you've been doing a uh, kick-ass job every two weeks on Wednesday nights, leading the panel through the conversation. What uh, what did we work on last week, and what are we getting up to next? Uh, we started on the post-flop part of the book, uh, Maybe. and we've only been doing this since March. <laughs> so, you know, we're just barely covering the, the surface here. <laughs> That's a good six months of free flop. It, it is. I mean, if people don't know, it's uh, this is the book, Modern Poker Theory by Michael Acevedo. It's pretty rich. It's pretty rich um, material. There's a lot of charts and graphs. And it's not something you want to take on by yourself. So Rob's been doing a great job with the rest of the gang, uh, breaking it down into bite-sized chunks that you can absorb uh, session by session. So Yeah. So when you hear this, um, we'll be the, the next day, December 1st would be our next session. We'll be talking, continuing talking about uh, continuation betting on the flop. So um and then I think we're going to get close to being done by the end of the year, but we might sneak into January a little bit because we are getting towards the end. We'll get done with the uh, post-flop C betting on the or C betting on the flop, and then we go right into the end game portion of it. So we'll see what happens there. Nice. And then Michael's going to come and do a Q and A with uh, you and the rest of the members of the group um, when we do finally finish uh, the book. So that's going to be great. I'm because I know people have had a lot of questions um, that they've been recording off on the side as they go, and just to be able to pick his brain about the book like that is phenomenal. Yeah, I'll be. I'll have a lot of questions myself, so I'll be <laughs> probably going out to the community to see. You know, give me the things that you want to ask, so we can uh, kind of kind of have it all ready to go when we sit down and talk to him, because I know there's going to be a lot of information coming from this man. Yeah. Yep. And a lot of great um, analysis and interpretation too, because that's, that's part of the problem with this is that there's such this great abstract knowledge and part of it's just translating it, interpreting it in a way that recreational players like us can, can put it to use. Um, so I'm really looking forward to that. 
and I guess we should start thinking about what what the next book is going to be too. Um, so we can. Yeah, we'll we'll worry about that in January. Yeah, <laughs> that's good. We got we got plenty to keep us busy till then. Uh, speaking of plenty of things keeping us busy, I, I keep hijacking the conversation here a little. I'm also excited to announce that uh, Gareth James is going to be getting more involved with Rec Poker. And I think we've, by the time this comes out, we should have all the details ironed out. Um, but I mentioned earlier, we have this monthly study group with Learn Pro Poker on the fourth Saturday of every month, dealing with exclusive training material from them. Um, starting in December, we're also going to be working with uh, Gareth every month. He's going to come in and do a monthly check-in kind of study group Q&A based on a particular training video that he releases to Rec Poker members um, earlier in the month. So the first one's going to be playing the flop in position. And it's going to be all theory about playing the flop in position uh, from the standpoint of being like a late position open raiser that gets called from the blinds. Uh, so we're going to find a lot exactly of what we're talking about right now in the modern poker theory book. That's, that's what right where we are. That's what that's made what me doing. That's what made me think. I was like, <laughs> oh yeah, we got to talk about that. So um, by the time uh, by the time you hear this, there will be a chance to come out and join the first one of those study groups with Gareth. And of course, you can watch all the past episodes. Um, we've got a great archive at Rec Poker that all the premium members can look back. You can see all the different book study episodes we've done with Rob, not just for Michael Acevedo's Modern Poker Theory, but also all sorts of other great books that we've looked at over the years. Uh, Matt Matros, uh, Chris Fox Wallace, Andrew Brokus, uh, Jonathan Little, just to name a few. So uh, do do check that out. And I can't wait to get started with Gareth on some of this stuff too. Um, Chris, you are the member content director you have uh, been keeping us occupied with a seminar every month and then also the focus every month. And the seminar that we're doing, it'll, it'll, it, it'll just have been recorded when people can hear this, but the video will be coming out the following week. What do we have on tap for that? Yeah, we're going to, um, Taylor Moss is going to join us. He's going to kind of, yeah, who? <laughs> I don't know. The, 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 oh, I'm oh, sorry, sorry. Taylor. I'm the mixed game leader right now, Moss. That okay, like, that Taylor Moss. More. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. that makes yeah, more okay. sense. Now I understand. Um, so he's going to be joining us. He's actually he's going to kind of lead the conversation in the booth. He's going to help me out because PKOs are not uh, something that I'm I profess to know all that much about. So he's going to help me put together some of the content after the fact as well. Um, and we're going to try to simulate a, a PKO um, in our Poker Now. Uh, st- uh, play so the players that come will be getting their chips as they normally do we'll be setting up a scenario for them but we'll also be sort of tracking it's going to be a little bit of a kind of wonky but we're going to have like a google spreadsheet sort Mm. of like uh that everyone can share and see and we'll be tracking how uh how many bounties are on each person um and so and sort of sharing that with the crowd so so people will sort of have that information and be able to play as if this was an actual pko where you are uh it's a progressive knockout tournament if that is terms uh meaningless to you um where you're not only playing for prize money but you're playing for bounties on people's heads and the more people they knock out the higher the bounty gets on them um and so we'll be uh examining it it, it leads to some different styles of play and i'm I'm really excited for it because it's it's a kind of a format that uh, is really taking over uh, mm. in online formats. And I think it's a good one to know 
Um, how do we adjust our play style when we're in these spots? And if people aren't familiar with the format of the seminar itself, we so Poker Now is this fa- fantastic free software that lets you play poker with your friends, and it's got uh, like built-in webcam and mic access, so it's a very social experience. And so what we do, Chris simulates these playing uh, uh, circumstances. We get usually seven to nine premium members uh, that that sort of rotate through the player pool here. Um, sometimes we could have put a couple plants in there too, but mostly it's premium members playing against each other in this kind of contrived circumstance. And then uh, Chris does an analysis with Dara O'Kearney. Um, and every month Dara reviews one spot that these premium members played against each other and gives them some personalized feedback for how they might improve their game. Um, Dara has actually literally written the book on progressive knockout play. Right. Um, so I think, uh, anyone who's able to take advantage in the, in the membership, uh, seminar would get a great opportunity to learn from some of the best in the game. So I hope, yeah, that- no, it'll be, it'll be a, a really nice, uh, way to sort of bring all that content together. We'll give him a spot. Uh, the feedback he's given us in the past months. Uh, if you haven't seen it and you're a premium member, you should go back and look because mm. there, there's some really uh, great breakdowns of ICM spots. Uh, we did a final table last month, which I thought his analysis of that was really great. And um, it's really, it's really worth, it's really worth listening to. Yes. And it's worth skip uh, all the mumba, you know, like me just talking, skip the Chris Jones part and get to the Darrow <laughs> Curdy stuff. Cause it's really good. Yeah, that's right. And, and if you, if you sign up using the code rec poker, you can get your first month of premium membership for only $5. So honestly, folks put $5 down for the month of December and just watch all these great videos that we've got from Dara and Chris and some of our other uh, learning partners and participate in the sessions. I, 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 you know, we have kind of a core group of premium members that, uh, that, that do participate and, and no one human could participate in everything rec poker does. Even Steve and I only make, you know, uh, half the, half the sessions or something like that, but um, everyone's got their own area of expertise and everyone's got their own, way to share that love of poker with the world. So um, come on for five bucks. Uh, I guarantee you're not going to find better value than that in the poker world when it comes to community fun and, and learning in an encouraging and positive way. Well, uh, I want to thank Kim, Stu, Martha, and Dave. Is there any other, we've still got chat here. Is there anything else we should say to the man before we let him go? Or are we just going to, roll those credits of course i have to thank oh yeah chad um you introduced taylor but you forgot the next one is going to be the second place next <laughs> game player of the year yeah there you go i love it because we've you know we got some we got some mixed game shooters here we got some mixed game shooters here in in the house and I guess we also should just like say the words Mike Patrick because you can't really talk about the mixed game series here without mentioning Mike Patrick. But Ooh. I think, yeah, <laughs> that's right. Yes, previous previous uh, home a rec poker mixed game uh, series winner. That's right. But uh, well, good good luck with that, Chad. I know you're near the top of the leaderboard there. We got one more month to uh, cement your place, get get to that crown. That's the plan. Nice. Uh, currently sitting third, so okay. Uh, change that three into a one. Yep. Taylor can take second, and Michael just moved down to third. It's fine. That, 
That seems perfectly reasonable yeah. to me. That like they'd kind of have to be jerks not to go along with that. I think that just seems it's, it's like just, very it's real. just fair. Yeah, that's just math. Yes. Just math. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you so much, Chad. And of course, Chris and Rob and John for making this such a fun and easy job to do. And website amp and running aces, hotel, racetrack, and casino. See y'all next time, folks.